And welcome back as we join you once again in the midst of a pretty fun uh, February for the golf season here on the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. Kyle Porter over there, Chip Patterson right here. Kyle, um, you know, we were we were really hyped about the, um, the, the field strength, you know, always one thing we like to talk about when we look ahead and um, when... When you look back at the at the last weekend, you know, and we'll get to Bubba Watson, our winner here in just a little bit, but there was a moment where our leaderboard was not uh, matching the strength of the odds board going into the tournament. Yeah. Our, our heavy our heavy yeah, was- hitters did not really uh, live up to that Hollywood billing that we were expecting from All-Star Weekend. It was touch and go for a while. I, I think the thing that I really like, and a lot of people pointed this out on Twitter, is that you got to Sunday and it was a really diverse leaderboard. And I think that's, it's not always the sign of a great course, but sometimes it is. And you had guys like, Oh, I don't know. Uh, Graham McDowell was up there. He's one of the shorter guys on tour. And then you had Tony Finau and Bubba Watson up there. Right. And the, I think there were other guys. I, I can't remember off the top of my head that were, that were shorter hitters. And to me, that's, that's pretty cool. Like that's a, that's a cool leaderboard. And, uh, you know, it turned out that one of the longest guys ever ends up winning the tournament for the third time in five years. But I I thought it was, I thought it was a unique, I mean, it's just such a unique event and a unique course that gives you so many different options for how to play shots and how to hit shots and what lines to take and different fairways. And it's, it's fascinating, I think, more than anything to watch those guys think their way around a golf course. And, and Riviera really provides for that. And you've gotten sort of an, dare I say, an all-time tortured genius uh, winning the tournament for the third time in five years. And, and, whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. We're throwing out all-time tortured genius for Bubba Watson right now? I mean, he's not an all-time great golfer, but I think he's like – did you see his his uh, press conference transcript afterwards? At I all? did see the transcript. I did not see the video live. I could only play it in my head the way that I would imagine it. It, it reads like three different people were speaking. You know how like at uh, presidents cups or Ryder cups they have all of the vice captains in the room, right? That's what it looked like, except they didn't change the the speaker. Uh, the, the, it the didn't have a na- different the names. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so. Like I, the, the, I don't know how else to describe Bubba. He is a, he's a he's a, a genius on the course. Like he's a he's a artist. I don't know if genius. He's an artist, and he just seems so like I don't know if he's. I mean, clearly, like he struggles m- mentally. I mean, I, I think that's pretty public. Like he's said that just the mental anxiety and and just the way that he thinks about things. Um. So yeah, maybe tortured genius is the wrong term, but tortured artist is that fair? For absolutely fair. I'll I'll take that uh, and roll with it. I just um I all right. So this is the perfect place for you mentioned Bubba's success uh, at this at this tournament, and with this being kind of the the perfect place for him to uh, break the drought since his last win and to 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 sort of get a little bit of juice going into. Um, you know, the, the countdown to Augusta, a place where he's a two-time winner. Um, I, I saw you post on the site that his odds had dropped and I, that's where I, 
not from the the odds perspective, but have you changed your uh, sort of 2018 uh, cavalcade of stars, like your headline? Like, have you sort of changed where you view Bubba in terms of uh, looking to Augusta, looking to the next couple months and sort of where you imagine or expect him to fall among the heavy hitters in golf? Yeah, so I do this um, yearly uh, master's rankings where where I do like the one through uh, like whatever it is, 88 or 91 or whatever. Ranking the field. And, yeah, ranking the field. Yeah. It's like our most viewed thing every year, which is hilarious and crazy. But uh, I've been doing it over the last uh, month or so. I'll just do like one or two guys a day, just bang it out. So one one year I waited until like the day before. And I was like, well, this is the worst thing ever, I've ever done. that I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's I'm like, and, and by, like the way, to, by the way, to let the listeners know, uh, a massive written post like that, holding it off until the last minute, uh, like, like I think that I've knocked out 10 page term papers overnight, uh, that have been easier than those kind of posts. So oh, I, oh, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how, uh, Fornelli does his like weekly, uh, FBS rankings. Doesn't he do it weekly? Uh, he does have a formula. So the effort is put in in the uh, okay. off season. Okay. Like he he builds out spreadsheets that probably could like win him daily fantasy. You know, he's got like in a supercomputer <laughs> algorithm that just spits out college football rankings. All he has to do is every Sunday he plugs in all the box scores into the algorithm. Daryl Morey calls. Uh, Tom Fornelli for advice. I mean, that's that's his On, goal. I mean, not his go- his goal isn't to get a call from Daryl Morey, but his goal is to have the best ranking system possible. Yeah, that's fantastic. But so, anyway, anyway so, I've been working on this, yeah. and I had I I ranked Bubba uh, I don't know three weeks ago something like that, and I had him twenty second. And I, the thing that I wrote, this is, I still have it written. I'm reading it right now. I, I said he used to be my go-to guy at the top of this list. He kind of fell off the map last year, though. And he still only has four top tens at major championships ever. Now, two of those are wins masters, the masters. Wins, right. So you have to factor that in. But there, all that to say, there's no way I'm going to leave him 22nd. He's going to be now in, at least inside my top 15. Maybe top 10. Yeah, maybe top ten, maybe top. I, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna have him in the top five, but he's just so he's such an X factor because you have no idea what you're getting. He has no idea what you're getting, and so I I just think that man, how intriguing is the Masters right now? Oh, I, I know that we t- we talk about it a lot, like just that everything in the first uh, you know three months of the calendar year sort of porn, points towards it. Um. And and you've got in addition to the Tiger thing, you've got uh, Spieth found his putter apparently at Riviera. Bubba, Phil. I mean, it, it's just there could not be more storylines heading into Augusta. I, I'm I'm I can't wait. It's going to be unreal. All right, now you you mentioned that, and I was a little bit unfair when I was talking about because when you look at the final leaderboard, I mean, we did have. Uh, you know, Phil Mickelson goes 67-68 on the weekend. He finishes T6 at 8-under, only four strokes back. Uh, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas both finish at 7-under on the weekend. So the the headliners were there up in the top 10 at the end of it. Um, maybe maybe starting with Phil, what do you think and how would you grade out uh, his week uh, as, as we continue to see? You know, our conversation topic last week, you know, was about – 
uh, something about Phil's resurgence. You know, what do you think about his performance um, at the Genesis Open? I just think it's crazy that he's played now for basically a month straight every week, or maybe more than that. I think I actually I think the No Line Up guy said he's played maybe five weeks in a row or something like that. He played, yeah, Tory Phoenix Pebble. Yeah, he played he played Career Builder Tory Phoenix Pebble and then Riviera, and he finished in the top six in the last three of those, which is crazy. I mean, it, it's just. I, I I don't know. It's I don't know why he's playing that much. First of all, but because isn't he? I uh, mean, isn't he as much of an X factor for Augusta as Bubba is? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I mean, how much confidence is he going to go into Augusta with? Oh, it's going to be incredible. His pre his pre Masters presser is always just epic. Uh, but it's going to be it's going to be pretty lights out this year. I, I mean. He, he, I think that's like the fifth major for him is the pre-master's <laughs> press conference. <laughs> How so? Maybe the, let me, let, give me, give me can, can you come up with a couple examples off the top of your head? I'll splice them in if I can find them. Oh, I, just, I, I don't know. I can't. I can't think of anything specific. But he just always, he always talks in such a way that it's sort of a humble brag, but it's kind of just a straight brag. Like he'll say stuff about himself almost like in the, in the, not the third person, but he'll just, he'll talk about himself sort of offhand. Like, like you, he doesn't want you to know what he's doing and then you, he'll get done and you'll be like, wow, did he just talk about himself for that entire (laughs) press conference? (laughs) Like he'll frame the, he'll frame like golf things like in the golfing world, but like only through his lens. Right. And it's, it's, it's hilarious. Um, but man, I, yeah, I'm, I'm fired up for him at Augusta and I just, he's been so impressive with his short game. I think he's top, I know he's top 10 in, in strokes game putting. I think, I think he's been pretty good around the green as well. And, uh, his iron play has been great. I, I just, I don't know. I, I couldn't, I, I think that everything for him has been pointing towards Augusta for the last month or so as well. Um, not that he doesn't want to win Riviera or Phoenix or whatever, but I think it's, that's always in the back of his mind. It's in the back of a lot of guys' mind, but especially him. Cause I think he, or I, I mean, I know he wants, you know, one more shot, like, like everybody does, but especially him at age 47, like I think he knows the end is, you know, somewhere around the corner. So that's definitely at, at you know, at least in the back of his mind right now. Patrick Clint can't lay, can't get it done. He was right there. Is this going to be one of those moments where we look back at uh, the year old pulling out of the Kuchar line? Sometimes it just takes a while to learn how to win on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I think so, especially at a tournament like that. I mean, he won Shriners in the fall, which is obviously not a not a great field. But, yeah, I mean, he's just – he's a stud. Like, he was number I, one I was, greens in regulation, 72%. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> I, could, I could stand for him to speed the play up a little bit, but uh, Phil is seventh in strokes and putting, fourth in strokes and approaching the green. And 61st in strokes gained around the green. 159th in strokes gained off the tee. Good job, Phil. Mm. Well, hey, speaking, speaking of uh, giving up strokes off the tee, 
Uh, how, how are we feeling about the big cat right now? Well, I, I want to address that, Bill. What, can we talk Cantley real quick? Yeah, of course. Hey, where's so, Sean Martin in the house? <laughs> yeah, that's his boy. DJ Pajowski, too. Uh, so Cantley, I think, is going to be in Paris on the Ryder Cup team. I predict, how about this, Chip? I predicted before the year that, by the way, don't look up my 2017 predictions, but do look up my 2018 predictions. I predicted before the year, Cantley, Tiger, and Tony Finau would all be on the Ryder Cup team. Hey, Tony Fino had a good week too. T T two. That prediction's looking pretty decent right now. Yeah. Looking, I mean looking all right. Yeah. I'm I'm I feel great about that prediction. I wanted Finau and Canley to go to a playoff so I could just tweet out the the URL from from when I wrote that. But uh no, I, I love Cantley. I think he's a star. I think that I think it is a for people who don't know what you're referencing, we've talked about how Kuchar said there's a 10-year learning curve on the PGA Tour. And and the, the reason we don't really internalize that is because we watch guys like Spieth and Rory and we're like, oh, just, you know, go in tournaments when you're 22. Well, nobody nobody does that. Like, that's not a real – those guys are outliers for a reason. And so I, I do think that Cantlay is – I don't think he's as good as Jordan Spieth, but I think that he has the potential to be a five- or ten-time winner, you know, something like that on right. the PGA Tour over the course of his career. So, yeah, it takes time. Just putting yourself in position uh, and and then uh, figuring out how to get it done on a Sunday. And, you know, uh, being a ten-time winner, by the way, autom- like, you know, a, another number that you might scoff at compared to the the numbers of career wins that we've seen or gotten used to, but a 10-time winner puts you above most professional golfers right off the bat. Oh, yeah. A five-time winner does. I mean, I, I don't know what the average... It, it would be... I don't, I don't know if anybody has even calculated it, but if you win... I bet if you win... I bet the average... PGA Tour Pro, who I, I guess you'd have to do it based on events played or something like Minimum that. Minimum years with the card or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if you win a, if you win twice on the PGA Tour, that's a that's a great career, you know. If you're winning five times, that's I don't know. I don't. I I'd, I'd be interested to see what the percentage breakdown is. But yeah, if you're winning ten times and and a couple of those are majors, then you're you're a borderline Hall of Famer. I mean, it's it. Jordan Spieth's a Hall of Famer if he quits tomorrow. Mm. Um, so. All right, Big Cat. Not great off the tee. No, not great anywhere on Friday. I mean, we, we talk about the off the tee stuff, but his approach shots were, even when he was hitting the fairway, they were lousy. He only hit 16 greens in regulation. In 36 that's, holes. That's terrible. <laughs> And then I, I, I really I, – I was interested by Friday because he didn't hit any putts and you see what happens when he doesn't hit any putts. And that is that he shoots a 76. It could have been a 78. And, you know, I, I think that it's interesting to look back at Tory through that lens because you kind of see what could have – I mean, how many putts did he make at Tory? Right. You know, I, I, I know he got to the weekend and he got in the top 25 or whatever, but – he hit a lot of putts that week. And so if the putter's not working in a given week, I just think it's too easy for him to miss a cut right now. And so I, I, I don't know. I guess that's just just takes time. You know, I, I think that it, the, the encouraging thing, I think the part that's fun about all this is we're talking about 
what can Tiger do to get in contention and not what can Tiger do to get off the operating table? That's true. You know, it's just, I mean, I said that's true. I just I, I think I'm more appreciative of the data points, you know, like our, our other Tiger starts and restarts and false starts have, have always been, you know, these have for a lot of times been these flashes. And it's it's nice to have uh, an example of, you know, what can happen when he is making putts, uh, what can you know, what is like so it's almost like we each data point, I feel like I'm getting a better idea of how to frame my expectations because, you know, you're talking about what it's like to get Tiger in contention. It's, it's much better to, to have that discussion than the like very, when there wasn't enough data points, then the most bland question of, okay, what's he, you know, what's he got to do to win? And I felt like we were jumping (laughs) to that. And now that we've got more and more data, like even the least informed from the sports universe are able to to have a better idea. There's just more color in. You can just understand, uh, you know, what we're dealing with in terms of his age, his health, his game, and sort of what that means for expectations for him on the course. Yeah, you know, I think what's interesting is he is – I think his body is well enough that it's going to at some point allow his mind to figure out what's going to work for him. Like he's, I think, I think the most underrated part of tiger is how smart he is. Uh, talk about genius. Like he, like just golfing, just genius in terms of the swing and the, the way he plays courses and, and whatever. And so his body is well enough that at some point I think his, his mind will get him to the right place with his swing. And I don't know if that's, you know, he, t- he was talking about swinging harder on after Thursday, and it's like, well, I don't know if that's the answer. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know what it is, but uh, he had some he had some bad shots. Like not only with the driver, he hit a uh, I think it was like a three iron off the tee on like number seven or eight on Friday. That I was like, geez, like that looks like me. I mean, yeah. the the trage was great, but it wasn't even. It wasn't even on the planet. He is right now, by the way. So Phil is 159th in strokes hand off the tee, and he's losing a fifth of a stroke to the field. All right, he's losing a, a stroke to the field per tournament. Off the tee. So uh, off the tee, a stroke to the field. And Tiger is worse than that. <laughs> Tiger's losing, uh, what is that? Uh, a little over us 1.2 strokes to the field per tournament off the tee. So Phil's 159. Tiger doesn't have enough rounds to qualify, but he's, he's considerably worse than Phil. Mm. So that's not great. No, not great. And, and, and I don't know, like, like what's the answer? Like, do you just go, do you just pull a Wesley Bryan and take the driver out of the bag for a while? I mean, like, do you I, just go, do that, you go that, three woods. That's the easiest thing for, uh, Chip Patterson, lazy golf fan sitting on his couch to do, to say, you know, because <laughs> that's that, you know, that's what I do. I mean, I've, I was, uh, I was, I was, I was getting real, uh, real overbearing one time, right. Heading into a, a mountain weekend when we were going to play a bunch of courses up around the, the Boone and Linville Ridge area in North Carolina. And, uh, and I just, yeah, I had to, had to take the driver out of the bag and just, just, just hit some five woods, you know, just play some target golf out there in the mountains. I guess that's because, uh, I'm not competing 
to win golf tournaments, you know, like I feel like because you're yeah. Tiger Woods, you don't put the driver away because you consider yourself still to be one of the best golfers in the world and you should be able to hit your driver. Well, and the, the part about it that is kind of astonishing is that when he hits, when he, when he's hitting it well, I mean, there were times I was, when I was watching him and, and he would be up there with Rory and with JT and you're like, who, who was that? Like, whose ball is that? <laughs> right. Because I mean, Rory and JT are two of the, I don't know, four longest guys maybe ever, you know, certainly in the, in the world right now. And Tiger was hitting it with him. So I think, I think he catches the, these glimpses of like, like if Tiger's driving it like that, even remotely like that, even, you know, three quarters as good as Rory is, then I think he knows he can, he can win and he can win at big tournaments because the short game, I, I think the short game's still there. I mean, I, that that's the thing. Like when you, and and that's the astonishing thing about Phil is that when you get older, it's, uh, you know, statistically speaking, it's, it's the putter and, and the short game that sort of declines most rapidly and most frequently. And for Phil to be seventh on the tour in putting and for Tiger to put like he did at Torrey and then on Thursday at, at Riviera, I think is just so impressive. And I think he, I think he knows the long irons are going to come around the distance control and I think he also knows if the driver comes around that he can legitimately win again, or or just if he figures it out off the tee. And to to him, figuring out off the tee means figuring out the driver and putting yourself up there with the Rorys and the JTs and the Roms and whoever um, to be. Because I think that he thinks the only way he can contend is to to be as close to as long as them. I just don't know if he's going to be able to ever be as close to as accurate as they are off the tee. Distance, what is it? Distance is a skill in that? Yeah. Yeah. Distance, distance is a skill. That's Rory's deal. Distance is, uh, distance is a skill. All right. Uh, we are going to be in Palm beach, Palm beach County for the Honda classic. Um, this is, uh, Ricky, a winner a year ago. We've got Rory in the field, tiger committed. He is in the field. What are you, uh, what, what are the big, storylines that you are excited about uh as we as we turn our attention to the bear trap well it's just a great field i mean we just had week after week of great fields haven't we you know and 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 it's the second week in a row where it's a tough course i think single digits under par has won this tournament like four out of the last five years and and to me that's I, i don't i don't know i don't get like super fired up about the score to par thing because it's just a you know arbitrary number like you could play a par you could call your course a par 77 with like nine par fives and it'd be like oh these guys are 50 under and it's like well they're, they're shooting the same score like it's just a number um but i do think it's it's just it's fun to watch great players play a difficult course and so I'm excited about that. And I mean, I, I was so interested. Uh, did you see who the favorite is? It's Ricky. Yeah. With JT and Rory and Sergio in the field. I mean, I, I know he's the defending champ, but I don't know that I've ever seen Ricky be a favorite over Rory and, and maybe not even over JT in the last year. You think Vegas knows? 
I don't know. I mean, it, you know, he missed a cut at Tory. He didn't play great on Sunday at Phoenix. And I mean, he he was he was really good here last year. Obviously, he won by four. <laughs> Even as as Johnny Miller was just rolling on him as he was coming up the seventy second hole, it's like, bro, he's up he's up four. Do you, do you see the scoreboard? <laughs> Uh, what was, was that great, about? By the way. What was Johnny Miller going on on him about? Something about like how he couldn't close. Yeah, and it was like I think he's up four. Like I, I think this is over and has been for like four holes now. It was bizarre, but Very bizarre. So it's I. Right, so your your suggestion is that it doesn't make much sense based on recent performance or pedigree for Ricky Fowler no time major winner to be favored over Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy and Sergio Garcia. I don't know if it doesn't make sense. I've just, I just haven't seen it. And, you know, I think a lot of this, I mean, obviously odds are a lot of times based on who's betting what in which direction or whatever. Oh yeah, for sure. So if, uh, if Ricky's dad put a inordinate amount of money on him to win at the Honda classic, maybe they had to adjust the board a little bit. we got a big liability from a sharp, on uh, Ricky Fowler, or if, or if Phil, a big left-hander, put an inordinate amount of money on on, on Ricky, Ricky Fowler. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's uh, Ricky's eight to one now. He was fifteen to two at the beginning of the day. Thomas is ten, and Rory's eleven. I've I have not seen. I don't think I've seen Rory be a, the third guy back in a field that didn't include DJ. Mm. That's pretty surprising to me because Rory's playing pretty well. He's certainly playing better than he did at the end of last year. And I mean, Ricky, don't get me wrong. Like Ricky's a really good player, but he's not, it's not Rory, you know, like he's not, he's just not Rory. I I don't, I don't know. I don't know how else to put that. Well, what do you, what are you expecting from McElroy this week? Uh, I mean, every time out, you should expect a top 10, or if not contending for the win. He's won here before. Uh, he almost won here in, f- I think it was 14, when he hit that five wood that was just the most spectacular shot I've ever seen in my life to 11 feet, and then, of course, missed the eagle putt to win. But, you know, I, I think that I think it will benefit him to come back to these greens in Florida and get away from the, from the Poana. I just think it's, I don't know if it's in his head or if it's actually affecting him or whatever, but, um, I watched him on Friday and he missed like two, four footers on consecutive holes. And, and, and these are the kinds of putts where like you go get a sandwich or you go to the bathroom or whatever because you're like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's a par. Right. That's a par. And he, and he just and he wasn't even touching the hole. And it's like, oh, my gosh, like what is what is up with this? But he's still hitting it like really well, you know? And mm-hmm. so just, I don't know. At some point it seems like it's going to click. I, I could be wrong about that. And maybe it's this week. Who knows? But I, I think that he's at the point again where you just have to expect top tens or top fives. And if he doesn't finish in the top ten, it's kind of a little bit of a disappointing week. Uh, who's your pick to win? 
who was my pick to win? Your I picked, picked Sergio. Uh, Sergio. Yeah. Yeah, I picked Sergio. He, I think he's seven for seven on cuts made here. He has got a couple top tens at this course. He's already won this year, kind of low key win in Singapore, actually, in January. And uh, yeah, it's just, man, the, the list of guys that have won here are just, just ball strikers. I mean, Adam Scott, Rory, uh, who else has won here? Pottering Harrington has won here a couple of times. I don't know if Tiger hasn't won, but he's been in contention a lot. He finished second in 2012. So, you know, who knows? It, this is Sergio's first tournament, I think, on the PGA Tour. This, I know this calendar year. I think this season. And, and I think he's going to have a good week. Uh, let me take JT as, uh, as my pick to win. I'm going to say coming back East Coast. Let's, let's get it rolling. This is uh, – yeah. I'll take it. You uh, you mentioned in your write up, um, top five in this tournament last year, so I'll take it. the uh, the the feeling the the feeling looking at this field is that we are uh, we're going we're gonna see like one and you you had Graham McDowell listed as uh, as your sleeper, which I love. I feel like we're gonna have another one of those like on Saturday. A couple interesting names floating up near the top with uh, with the big name winner on Sunday. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, that's kind of what we've gotten uh, for most of this year. I guess maybe Ted Potter aside. Right. Shout out to Ted Potter. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it's just with the quality of fields that you're dealing with, it's almost hard not to get a big name winner, which has to be discouraging if you're. I don't know, Morgan Hoffman or, you know, so, somebody like that to where you're just going in and you're like, I got to be Ricky and JT and Rory this week. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's crazy how, how many, I, I just don't, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember this many top, top players playing this much before the masters. And maybe it's just that everybody's healthy. Maybe I'm being influenced by the tiger effect or whatever, but it's, it's crazy every week what you have to do to go out and win. And I think that makes what somebody like Ted Potter did at Pebble so impressive. I mean, that's a big deal to beat Phil and DJ at Pebble. Yeah. I know it's just one tournament, but man, that's, that's legit. Yeah. This is, uh, I don't, I don't think that you're, I don't, I don't believe that you are dealing with uh, recency bias or tiger effect. I think that, uh, everyone being healthy, and everyone, yeah. uh, and everyone, it seems like everyone's, uh, juices. I mean, and this is just, you know, I'm not talking to the players, but when, when you're seeing superstars take active schedules, when you know, they don't necessarily need it, that signals to me that the competitive juices among the top stars in the world are flowing and that the, the the hunt to be the best the sh- the the striving to be not necessarily maybe number one in the world golf rankings or maybe yes number one in the world golf rankings but like the 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 desire to go and measure yourself uh, out here amongst these other really good players it's it's got to be kind of peaking right now maybe even at like what a five year high or you know like I or or maybe we are in a window uh, a peaking window of that but. That's that is my read on seeing superstars playing busy schedules and not only playing busy schedules but 
you know, going out there and, and still grinding. And even if you're not going to win the tournament, you're finishing in the top 10. Yeah, it's a great point. And I do think that, I think Tiger being there matters. Like, I know it's stupid because he's not really contending, but I, it just feels like it matters. And and that's that might be an illusion. That might be my bias or whatever. And Phil playing great matters too. I mean, those are two things that have not been necessarily true, especially of the early season events in the last four years. You know, like, I think Phil was good in what was it, 16 or 15, something like that. Tiger hasn't really been around. I, th- I just think those two things are are really, I don't know, they matter. And then you've got so many of the young guys that we always talk about. But I, I do think it's sort of that those older guys just being there and then Phil playing well that that really lift everybody up. And then, and then somebody like Bubba. I mean, it, it, he's, a, he's such a big name. I, I think... I was talking about this with somebody one time. I think we looked at it like our our traffic numbers in terms of people visiting CBS Sports. Uh, Bubba drives a lot of traffic. Huh? Like like his the his amount of traffic driven to our website is not uh, proportionate with his like how good he is. Huh? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And so I think I think him being good matters as well. Does Tiger have um, the same ratio? I would guess <laughs> at the moment. Uh. <laughs> Ty, yeah, <laughs> Ty, yeah. He, he, Tiger's uh, world world golf there, ranking right to internet traffic ratio is really yeah. stunning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two two other things that uh, I wanted to mention. Uh, one, did you see the? Did you see the uh, what Rory said about Spieth? Called him underrated. Yeah, there was this uh, really long interview in, I think it was the Irish Independent, where this guy sat down with Rory and, and Padre Carrington. It was unbelievable. Everybody should go read it because uh, both guys are super interesting. But Rory said he had dinner with Snedeker a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last, last week at Riviera, and that him and Snedeker both said that Jordan Spieth is the most underrated golfer in the world. Mm, Do you agree? Disagree? Disagree. Why? I think Jordan Spieth is rightly rated. I do not think Jordan Spieth is overrated. I think Jordan Spieth is rightly rated. I think that his... uh, I think that a a good portion of my excitement about Jordan Spieth has to do with assumed longevity that... I imagine will continue, but is not promised. So, um, so much of what I, what I would consider, uh, as part of like the, where Jordan Spieth stands, some of it is, is, you know, stuff that is yet to be proven. You've, you've seen the, you've seen winning, winning at an unbelievable level at such a young age and so you're able to almost like copy and paste or play out the way that the next 5, yeah. 10, 15 years are going to go. And the, the truth of the matter is that that still has to happen. And so right. I, I think that um, he's rightly rated in that he deserves a ton of credit for being one of the best in the world for what he has done. But I do think that some of um, his adoration comes from uh, winning that is yet to be done. 
Yeah, I just think that he's he him and Rory are both in the wake of this Tiger era where it's like, guess what, guys are not going to win seventy nine times with fourteen majors, and for Spieth to have won eleven times by the age of before he turned twenty four, it's just it's crazy, and and I I just think that I, I mean. I don't know if Rory's right. I think it's a fascinating opinion because when we think of somebody being underrated, we think of um, somebody who's like a sixth man in basketball or like the fifth guy on a good team or somebody like Tommy Fleetwood where you're like, oh, people don't know about him. He's underrated. We never think about guys that are superstars. Like I sort of think Dustin Johnson's underrated. But I see, I think that when Rory McIlroy says he thinks Jordan Spieth is underrated, that is um, someone who probably is not jealous, but admires some of the, the, the just skill factor. Like if there's an athleticism bucket and there's a skill bucket, like Dustin Johnson – like he incredibly, he's the number one golfer in the world. But you would say that between those two, his bucket is more full of athleticism. And maybe you know you would say Rory's about fifty fifty. But I think that when it comes to Jordan Spieth, he is he's absolutely athletic. He keeps his body in shape. But uh, I think there's a far more different disparity of sort of athleticism uh, to skill with Jordan Spieth. And I think that that's something where, again, maybe not envious, but maybe you're like, man, you know what? He doesn't he doesn't get enough credit. You know, we, we we talk about DJ all the time, but you know, Jordan. It's not the more with less argument, but it's somewhere along those lines of that. You know, he's not incredibly imposing, and he doesn't do these otherworldly things. He just wins tournaments. So, so you think that speed, or you think that Rory is more like if like like he respects what Spieth is able to do more than somebody like a DJ because his traits are more like DJs is that sort of what you're saying maybe or it just at least with Dustin Johnson being the number one golfer in the world right now and we're talking about like rated versus underrated like if if your bar is Dustin Johnson then maybe you're saying uh Jordan Spieth does you know he's he doesn't have the tools that Dustin Johnson has yet. Look at his wins. Maybe that's a, yeah. a better explanation of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. But, and him and Snedeker, he, he, he sort of revealed that him and Snedeker both were, were talking about how like you can't measure. Actually, it might've been Patrick Harrington that said this, that you can't measure like the X factor. And it's like this thing that I think we all see that speed has like making the Eagle on 15 at, Birkdale last year you're like what the hell like who does that how how does someone do that and so it's this thing that that speed has that you're just like god like what is that like like and I don't know it's it's so crazy to to just think about and try to figure out and when we talk about speed all the time on this podcast and I think he's just a, a an incredibly interesting person and golfer to to try and and solve and talk about and, and all those different things. My question, uh, Rory McIlroy, underrated or overrated? Mm. I'm stepping on the, uh, I don't, for anybody who listens to Andy Johnson on, uh, the fried egg, he, he does a weekly 
overrated, underrated. I am not stepping on those toes. I uh, am simply talking about the two people in the article that uh, were were being discussed in terms of overrated and underrated. For the record, we are not trying to take your stees. Um, yeah. Uh, I would say... I would say that right now, at this moment, on February 20th, I think that Rory McIlroy is underrated. Why? Because um, it seems to be in the it, with with the group of stars that have sort of uh, matriculated into the golf consciousness since 2015. The winning streak of 2000, the winning of 2014 seems farther and farther away. And because of that, it is, uh, I think that, I think Rory McIlroy is still a star, but I think a lot of that has to do with him being a global star and him being like a, a, an icon for the sport. You know, somebody who's very marketable, somebody who is recognizable. Um, I think that as a golfer at the moment he is underrated. I, I could, I could be talked into either one. I think that, um, like Rory's, Rory's face is going to be on a magazine no matter where he finishes. Yeah. And I just think, it, it's hard to it's hard to overrate somebody whose trajectory is to be the best non-American golfer in the history of of the sport. Like, how do you overrate that? <laughs> but I don't you I don't know? think like, I don't I, think that's the discussion though. You're you're just talking about his game right now. Um, I, I'm thinking about the way he is rated and ranked and considered by may and may, you know what maybe i am uh up my own uh tail with this one with my head in the sand not really considering uh what the the fans in the global golf community but how about let me just say from from the from the standpoint of the american golf fan i think that Roy McIlroy has fallen off the map from the consciousness a little bit in a way that is not representative of how good a golfer he is and how quickly and ignores how quickly uh, things could change and ignores how recently he was at the top of the world. Yeah, it's hard because, you know, even as we're talking about him at the Honda Classic, uh, just what his odds are being behind JT and Ricky. And so people are like, oh, well, then he's like sort of like those guys. And you look at his career and he's sort of not like those guys. Right. You know. I, I think that I think JT is better than Ricky, and I think that Rory is better than JT, and I think both of those margins are not sizable, but I think there there are margins there for sure. Um, it's like they are so, they are smaller margins in the current present day, but if we're sorting golfers all time, they are on different tiers. All three of those golfers. Yeah, yeah. And this is hard because I, I think it's so hard to, to take a look at the macro when you're in the micro. For sure. You know, we're, we're talking about the fourth round at Riviera. And it's like, well, okay, 
you know, I can go birdie like three holes at, well, I can't, but <laughs> so a, a person, any, anybody can in, in that field can go out and shoot 67 and anybody can go out and shoot 75. Like it can, it's just a thing that can happen. And so you, you have to, you have to step back and look at trajectories and, and, you know, the bigger picture to see what's going on. Now, the other side of that is Rory hasn't won in, I don't know, a year and a half. I mean, I know he was hurt last year and all these different things, but I, I thought one of the interesting things that was talked about in that interview was uh, Harrington was talk, talking about how like everything goes in cycles. Like you have this cycle where you're like, I will never lose another golf tournament. And then you have this downward cycle, which Rory, I think we can all say was in or is in or whatever. And you're like, I don't, you know, where's my confidence? Like, am I still good at golf or whatever? And so I, I think that you have to be able to sort of flatten those those cycles, those those peaks and those valleys to figure out like how good a guy actually is over the course of time. And that's really hard to do. And I think it's I think it's hard to do with guys like JT and Rory and DJ and because um, you know if you look at DJ's last twenty five events, you're like this dude's the best golfer that's ever lived, <laughs> right? Which, which, uh, Tron actually thinks, right. Uh, but it's, that's not true. And so you, 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 I don't know. It's just all that to say, it's just very difficult to, to try and think about and figure out. Mm. So what you said, you could be talked in either way where you stand in on Rory McIlroy overrated, underrated. I think he's underrated just because I think that because of the way he's played over the last year and a half, people are like, Oh, well that's, He's just a he's just a guy. Like he's just sort of a guy. So, and so we've so we've got we've we've gone either rightly rated or underrated for uh Speeth and Rory. We got we gotta throw out one overrated before we get out of here. <laughs> uh you go first. <laughs> I think Ricky's over I think Ricky is actually overrated and underrated. I think he's overrated by the general public. I, I've been on this island for a while. Or it's not an island. I've I've been in on this corner for a while. He's overrated by the general public who think that he's like a fifteen time winner. And he's sort of underrated by people that are closer to the game that are like, Oh, he can't close, like he's not good. And it's like, no, he's really good. Like he's really consistent and he's in the top ten almost I don't know, 60% of the time or whatever it is over the last two years, but he's not, uh, or he hasn't been so far historically great or historically good. He's just, he's just good. Like he's just a good player. And so he's strangely both overrated and underrated by, uh, people who follow golf. Uh, I'm going to say Brooks, Brooks Kepka. I like that. I like that take. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't, I, and that's, and that's one of those, um, where maybe I'm, I'm even like going against my own sort of criticisms here, but I don't, if we're talking about like being one of the great golfers of this generation, talented, sure. But I just, I don't, I I think that when it's all said and done, we're not going to consider him, uh, you know, one of the, the, the 10 best, of this crop. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, only time will tell, but I I like that take. I think that's a, I think that's a legitimate 
take that could could play out. I've got, by the way, I have pulled up here. This will be our last thing, but through 130 events, I've got this is the the careers of Phil, Tiger, Rory, Spieth, and Fowler. So kind of the five guys that we've been talking about. This is at uh, datagolf.ca. Great, great website. So through 130 events, Tiger finished in the top five 48% of the time. Okay. Absurd. 48. Yeah, a joke. Yeah. 48% of the time, top five. Uh, Rory through 130 events, uh, 29%. Top five. Pretty good. Speed through 130, 27%. So just lower than Rory. Uh, I think it's important to note that Rory played a lot in the European tour before he came to the PGA tour full time. So he had some pro uh, experience before he was on the PGA tour. So those guys are really close. Rory's 29, Speed's 27. And then Phil through 130 events. Uh, 15% of the time in the top five. Okay. Which is really good. Uh, and then Fowler uh, through 130 events, 14%. So Fowler, interestingly, is is kind of on a fill trajectory uh, in terms of top fives, wins, uh, actually not wins, just top fives. He's way below Phil in terms of winning percentage throughout. 130 events. Phil won 10 of his first 130, and Fowler won one of his first 130. Mm. So that's interesting because he is on the exact same trajectory in terms of top fives, but not even close in terms of top, of uh, winning tournaments. Interesting. Well, you, Kyle Porter, are rightly rated at number one <laughs> in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> happy valentine's chip yeah uh you can you can follow kyle at kyle porter cbs you can follow me at chip underscore patterson make sure that you subscribe review rate leave kind comments get at us on twitter uh but do make sure that you subscribe review and rate on itunes or your other podcast services uh kyle thank you very much absolutely chip we will talk again next week about sergio garcia's win at the honda classic yeah we'll see all right <laughs> later <laughs>